What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 39. Man, I just love when the numbers continue to go up and up and up and up and up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button. You can check me out on social media all across the board. Mr. Fourth and Long on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, Apple, and Spotify. Please go do me a favor. Go do you a service with liking my, my, my show. Check the clips page. Fanatic views go all over, man. Make sure that you are tapped in and locked into everything we do here at Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. You know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation at the beginning. Get it out the way early. Give it to you now. You know, come for the motivation, stay for the sports talk. Because let's be honest, I'm not for, my shirt even says it. I'm not, look at that, look at that right there. I'm not, you're not for everybody. It just, this is the way it is. But that, that's, that's just how it goes. But before you leave and before you go, before you decide that you're not for me and I'm not for you, I, I want you to give me a chance. Three episodes, 15 minutes a piece. If you don't like me after three episodes of 15 minutes, Watch three more and continue to watch 39 when this one uh, drops until you begin to love me. Love me because I love you. All right, let's get right to it, man. And this is a this is a simple, I think, a simple but yet powerful. And I need your help. I, I need I don't need your help, but I, I need you to participate. I, I need you to participate. So maybe you might have to pause and come back to this or, 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 or maybe you have readily available. Grab your phone, go to the note section of your phone, grab a pen, grab a pencil, grab something to write down with a note card, something, a piece of paper. You know, you know, back in the days to write that note on the back of the envelope of the mail and your mom leave it for you. Clean these darn dishes. Take the chicken out of the refrigerator and put the, in the envelope, put it on the counter. But here's what I want you to do. Because this is the season of growth uh, for me and for you. We're growing together. But it's also a season of gratitude, of gratefulness. And at times, we sometimes look past that, look over it, and miss it. And, and life, life's hustle and bustle is always happening, right? Every, every day is something new, stuff that is happening all around us. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment, and this is the simple thing that I want you to do, to, to write this down and put it where you, where you get a chance to see it every single day and write this down. Write, I am grateful for and then just start listing things nothing is too big nothing is too small i am grateful for the opportunity to host unfiltered with jesse holly i am grateful for the 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 to being able to say i work with my boy tay every single day i am grateful for the opportunity that you watch me every single day i am grateful that i have great health i am grateful that i have a job i am grateful that i have a roof over my head i am grateful that i get a chance to walk into my closet every single morning and pick my outfit for the day i, I grew up in a time where i didn't have a chance to pick you got you got you this is it I didn't have multiple options to pick from. I am grateful uh, that I have life. I am grateful for my friends. I am grateful for teachers. I am grateful for whatever it is. I want you to list these things, and I, and I want you to be able to see them every single day, the things that you are grateful. And you can change your list because list is, it's, gratefulness is, it has a level of fluidity. It changes. I am grateful for my mom still being alive. I'm grateful to have brothers. I'm grateful to have a best friend. I am grateful to be able to walk. I'm grateful to be able to talk. I'm grateful to be able to run and jump. I'm grateful to be able to eat what I want, when I want, how I want, and where I want to eat it from. I am grateful for the ability to drive a car, even though it may not be brand new. It's, it's a car. It gets me from A to B. No matter you like it or not, be grateful for that. I'm grateful that if, I, if the gas light came on today, I can go to the gas station without hesitation and fill my tank up. I am grateful for whatever that thing that you are grateful for write it down i am grateful to be blessed i am grateful that i am saved i am grateful that i am this i'm grateful that i am that whatever that is I, I want us to be in this space of gratitude this space of just ultimate gratefulness because at times we sometimes forget we forget just how blessed we are and if, if there's a there's a a, a a reminder every single day when you get up and you open your eyes put it on your bathroom mirror put it in your put it in your car put it 
Put, make it your screensaver on your cell phone, whatever it is. But I am grateful for my wife. I am grateful for my husband. I am grateful for my children. I am grateful for the nanny. I am grateful for my kids' teachers. I am grateful for my tutor. I am grateful for the, whatever it is. I want us to be in a mode of gratefulness. I want us to be in a place of gratefulness as much as we possibly can. I think that will continue to help us grow, continue to help us build because we get we get we get caught up. We get caught up and we forget. We complain, we forget, uh, we get a little bit spoiled, but just hold that level of gratefulness. So I want you to write that down. I am grateful for and list it out. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small. But list it. Whatever comes to your heart, whatever comes to your mind, list it. And I want you to take a look at it once a day, you know, at least a couple times a week. Just just so you are reminded what you have in your life and what it is there to be grateful for. All right. I am grateful for dot, 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 dot. All right, man, let's get into the sports. The Cowboys, it feels like a long time, right? The Cowboys win last Thursday on Thanksgiving. They beat the Washington Commanders soundedly. It, it, it was it was a sound whooping. It was a little bit, you know, nip and tuck at first, but then they pulled away, and, and you start seeing this team uh, really play a level of football uh, that, that, that they're supposed to be playing against the, the opponents that they're going against. The, and talk about playing well, I want, I want to read these stats from, from our quarterback, right? I say our because I'm a Cowboy at heart. Honestly, I'm a fair. I'm fair, but I'm a Cowboy. Um, I'm not a Cowboy fan. Reminder, I'm not a Cowboy fan. There's a difference. I am a Cowboy. Like, I'm not a Tar Heel fan at all. I'm a Tar Heel. There's a major difference. Um, but this, this stat comes from Ed Water, and it reads, uh, quarterback Dak Prescott has thrown 300 yards, four touchdown passes, and three straight home games. That ties with Drew Brees in 2013 for the longest streak in NFL history. Prescott leads this team with 13 straight home wins. And they go up against the Seahawks this upcoming Thursday. But, again, you saw Dak Prescott continue to be red hot. I mean, he is on absolute fire over the last couple of games. And I know people are going to say, look who they played. They can only play who's on the schedule, ladies and gentlemen. If they struggled against... The Giants, if they struggled against the uh, the Panthers, if they struggled against the Commanders, you'd be ready to tar and feather them, right? You'd be saying the Cowboys suck, and there they go again. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, they blew them out. They blew all of them out. They blew every single one of those teams out like they should. So that's who they're playing. That's what they did. You, you cannot be mad at, at what they are doing. But Dak is playing um, at an MVP level. Whether you want to put him in the conversation or not, he's playing at a very, very high level right now, and he's the leader of the Cowboys, and he's pushing this thing to where they have to be. Now, they're entering this, this tough portion of their schedule, right? The, the last game of a, tw- uh, of a game, three games in 12 days, they play the Seahawks on Thursday night this upcoming week, and that'll be a challenge. It, it'll be more of a challenge, I to say, than what it was for the Commanders and what it was for the Panthers and what it was for the Giants. It's going to be a little bit more of a challenge, and we'll get more into that as the week uh, goes on. But it's going to be—it's going to be a challenge. They—they they, they are better than those other teams, so the Cowboys can't sleep. They can't—they can't rest on defeating those other teams because the Seattle Seahawks, who is a team that's in the conference, you got to understand that now for the Cowboys, you can kind of pretty much kiss winning the division bye-bye because of the Eagles are there so far away. Even though you still have to play them, you're looking for them to fall tremendously, and they just—I mean—they double birded you already. You thought, hey, when they play Buffalo, we're gonna beat them. No, they said no. Nah. When they play Kansas City, they said no, nah, we beat the Kansas. So Philly ain't helping you. They ain't helping you at all. So now what you have to do is you have to win out. You have to win out, and, and the best thing that you can hope for as a Cowboys fan is that you get the fifth seed. What does that mean? Well, the fifth seed, which is the highest ranking wild card seed. They get to go play the winner or whoever the winner is of the NFC South. So we're talking about maybe that's being Atlanta. Right now it's Atlanta. Maybe that being the Saints. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is in the NFC South. I'll take it. I'll take the Cowboys going on the road to play in Atlanta, to play in New Orleans. Any one of those teams right now. Give me one of those teams right now and I'll take it. 
So the Cowboys have to stay pace so they can stay in that fifth seed so that they can now travel to see the NFC South and hopefully that someone else knocks off the Niners in, be- in, you know, in the meantime, in between time, whether that be the Seahawks playing the Niners or whether that be the, 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 the Lions playing the Niners, whoever that may be. Maybe they can, someone else can knock them off and then now you have an easier path to the NFC Championship. By the way, I know there's, there's going to be some of y'all, and it's not all of y'all. There will be some of y'all who will look at this and go, well, I don't want an easier path to the NFC Championship. I want to face the Niners. I want to face Philadelphia. I want to face... Stop. 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 It doesn't make you more of a man, or that doesn't make you more manly, because if you feel like, I want to face the best, and stop. If you have to play them, great. You have no choice. But if you can avoid them, if your path to the NFC Championship game is... Atlanta, the Lions, or the Seahawks, or the Seahawks and the Lions, what? I'll take that any day over having to play Atlanta, the Niners, Philly. I don't, I don't want that smoke. No. And I'm not afraid of them. I'm not running from them. Not, not at all. I'm just saying if you can give me a different path that didn't require either one of those teams being in it, bring it here. <laughs> Y'all, it's been almost 30 years. Bring it here. I did you you don't you don't get any more cooler points. No one's gonna go back. If you if you win the NFC East and you win the Super Bowl, no one's gonna go back and be like, well, they beat the Seahawks and the Lions. That, that no. They're not gonna say it the other way either. They beat the Niners and the, No, they're not gonna say that. They're gonna say you won the Super Bowl. That's it. That's it. That's all they care about. How you got there, no one cares about. No one cares about it. The Rangers won the World Series. In 20 years, no one's going to say, well, they, no, they're going to say the Rangers won the World Series. That's up. That's all they care about. At the, at the end of the day, all you care about is winning the chip. That's it. So I'll, if there's a path of least resistance, if there's a path that I don't have to go through some of the best teams to get to where I need to get to, cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I am the straightest distance. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Give me that. Don't give me the other nine. Don't give me the. I don't want a detour. I don't want to. No. Give me the easy road to the championship. So give me. I'm with you. I'm with those of you who think like me. We right here. Those of you who have this other mindset of uh, we got to play these other teams because no. Nah, the Niners can say all they want. Well, we beat y'all. This time, da da We got a Super Bowl. If that's the case. We may not be out on the road to get the Super Bowl, but we got one. That's all that matters to me. Another uh, 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 another interesting thing is happening right now. Uh, linebacker Shaq Leonard was released, surprisingly, from the Colts last week. And he's out there, passed through waivers, primarily because he was on a lot of money that now is on the books for the Colts. But the Cowboys need a linebacker. That, that, that's one place where they lack depth and Shaq is coming for a visit. By the time that you see this Tuesday, Shaq will be on his way to Dallas for a visit. Now, I know a lot of you have a little PTSD when it comes to the Cowboys actually signing a free agent of notable uh, with a notable name or someone that you may have really, really wanted. But, hey, he's visiting the Cowboys first. And, and, and one thing I know about Jerry is he can wine and dine you. Jerry can wine and Jerry can wine and dine you. Pull them proverbial panties down. He can. Jerry, 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 if he ain't good at nothing else, he's good at whining and dining you. He's good at making you feel like you're the you're the bell of the ball. Jerry makes you feel like all this that you see, like uh, what was that movie, uh, Lion King? Look out there. All that your eyes can see that the sun touches is yours. Not really, but he makes you feel like that. He makes you feel like when you come in for a visit that what I can give you here with the Dallas Cowboys, you can't get anywhere else. And honestly, when it comes to the marketing and the, and the publicity, that side of it, he's actually right. If you think about it, like if you just think about it in, 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 in the terms of what better stage will you have a chance to broadcast your talents? A lot of things that, that's not accounted in the 
actual salary is the is the ability to say, hey, you're going to make money here in Dallas. I can tell you as someone who was just a jag, someone who was just another guy, that's literally what I was, who was a backup, a special teams player. I was making like another probably $40,000 in the offseason a year, thirty to 40000 just Hey, come sign here for twenty five hundred. Hey, come sign here for three thousand for an hour. Come sign here for five thousand. Blah, blah, blah. And you you look up and you've done this for like the, the offseason. You look up, you go, man, I'm thirty G's, hmm, forty thousand dollars. No, and I was just a, I'm just a jag. I, I'm I'm just another guy. Sometimes I was taking the crumbs off other people's plate. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I know he turned it down for ten thousand, but I'll sure I sure will do it for five, man. I sure will do it for three and a half, and that's the way it works. So a guy like Shaq Leonard, you come here with the name, and then if you get on the field and actually make plays as a starter, I, I mean the the possibilities are endless. And I think Jerry uses that as well as a as a marketing tool. You talk about viewership, right? The, the Cowboys, America's team. They're, they're, they, for the most part, the Cowboys don't play very many 12 noon games. The 12 noon games primarily go to the sucky teams, the teams that don't have good records. Now, they have to have parity and, and, and fairness, so they let other guys get Thursday night games. And stuff, you know, but but for the, over, for the most part, the bad teams, the teams that don't bring viewership, the team that don't, people don't really want to see, they play the noon games. They, they play more noon games than anybody else. The Cowboys don't play very many noon games. They're either in that, they're in that game of the week, 3.30 spot, they're, they're, they have multiple Sunday night, Monday night games. Like, they're prime time. So if if you're looking to get out there and get your name out there, if you're Shaq Leonard, Jerry's absolutely right. I can make you the belle of the ball. I, I can make you the sexy chick. I can make you the, 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 the Instagram model in football terms. Come to the Cowboys, play well. And if this team does well in the playoffs – and you were an added component to that, boy. You, I mean, you could be a hero for here forever. That's that's fact. That is that is fact. There's a bunch of people who 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 live here in Dallas. Hell, me, I'm one of them. That if you do right, you make a couple plays here and there, and you don't you don't embarrass the franchise. You you found a home. Part of the reason why I didn't leave Dallas. I had a little name for myself. Figured I'll stay right here. Milk this thing for all it's worth. Shoot, we're talking about 10 years later. I'm still here. People still talk about me. People still want to talk to me. Uh, so Shaq Leonard visiting the Cowboys for a visit. Uh, he'll do his medicals. Uh, visiting the Cowboys for a workout. Excuse me. He'll do his medicals. They'll work him out. They'll visit him. They'll probably take him to a nice dinner and show him the city. He'll probably be accompanied by some of probably Micah Parsons, maybe Dak Prescott and others. I'm sure Malik Hooker. And um, and Stefan Gilmore will join. They were teammates of his in Indianapolis, so that may be the inside push. But on the other side of that, reports have come out that the Eagles are also in hot pursuit of one Shaq Leonard. They lost their linebacker. Zachary Cunningham got hurt in their Monday night matchup. Uh, he may be out for a little while, so they're looking for linebacker help. And at this point in time of the year, you want to get the best players you possibly can on the field. And I don't know all of where Shaq Leonard is at as far as his back slash nerves that go down to his legs type situation. But if he can if he can play, he's a damn good player. Like if he can give you something, I, I think you know bringing him in, kind of getting him acclimated a little bit to your system. But Philly Philly has been putting on a masterclass on how to sign guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. Trades, free agent signings. They have Howie Howie Roseman has put on a masterclass. I, I've said this on this show before. I've said it on social media. Uh, the Eagles front office they need to put on one of those ninety nine dollars um, with the free lunch at the hotel banquet hall. You get the free box lunch with them. Ninety nine dollars. You come in. They put a masterclass on on how to do this stuff and the front office stuff and how to make the trades and draft and sign free agents and all that kind of stuff while doing it while staying under the cap and having a quarterback that's, you know, that's making money and some other players that are making money. So, you know, that, 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 that is a thing that, that the Eagles have done well. So and then, and then the spicy comes a part of it is 
Maybe the Eagles sign him or maybe the Cowboys sign him just so the other person doesn't get him, right? We sign him and, 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 and you know, I wouldn't even say put him on the practice squad because if you put him on the practice squad, then the team can poach him away. But sign him, put him on the active roster that another team can't. That can, that can be done. Like That can be the spiciness, pettiness that goes on between these two franchises because, yeah, at the end of the day, the NFC East is going to be won by one of three teams. I think the Niners, Philly, or the Cowboys. So if I'm battling with the other team, then I need to – and i got to keep the Niners out of this as well. So I don't know what they're doing over there quietly, but but they've done some good things over there in the Niners. So we'll see what happens with uh, with Shaq Leonard, but he can bring that, vet, that veteran presence. I'm not all the way sold on Marquise Bell playing a linebacker. I think he's done a fantastic job in his role, but, boy – it's a different monster when you get in the playoffs. Like, people start kind of, like, mousing the house. And he's a smaller player, man. And, and that wear and tear on him, it, 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 it's, it, it, can be, it can be significant. It really can. So I think I want to get someone in there like that has some real linebacking size, linebacking ability, and I think Shaq Leonard can do that. Um, and, and more happier news, congratulations news, Dak's going to be a daddy. No, I know, I know. He, he already has sons. I get it. He already, Daniel Jones is his son. Tommy DeVito is his new son. and He owns the NFC. I know, he's the daddy. I get it. But he's actually going to have a real kid, like one of his own. Um, he made the announcement, he and his, his, his girlfriend made the announcement over the weekend that they're expecting a baby girl. Dak's going to be a girl dad. Um, he's super excited about it. Talked about, you know, you know the he said he know the love that I have for my mom. So having the ability to be a girl dad's pretty special. Uh, Dak's a mama's boy, and I, I don't mean that in a, in a in a in a degrading way or anything like that. He's he is he's he's, he's you know his mom raised him, uh, loves his mom, and, and and shout out to Dak. But boy, let me tell you. And they're expecting March, March twenty twenty four. Congratulations to Dak. I think his girlfriend's name is Sarah. Uh, praying for a healthy baby girl um, and all the responsibilities that come with that. But I got to tell you, and, and this, is, this, is, this, is, this is no disrespect to anyone, not to Dak. But this Cowboys bunch, I told y'all back in August, this is a horny little bunch. This is a horny little bunch. This, 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 this bunch, Dak, I think, makes... Might be the eighth or ninth, maybe tenth child that's been born in the Cowboys locker room in like the last eight months. These dudes know how to play football, but they know how to have raw sex. They they are this this is the most raw dog in the bunch I've seen in a while. And and Dax added to the party. So um if you are a prophylactic company, you would make a bunch of money right now. Just slide by the cowboy facility. They need they need some protection. Or 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 if you're a nanny, if you're a nanny, I would slide by the star and see if there's not any jobs available. Or if you're an OBGYN or a pediatrician, there whoever the team pediatrician or OBGYN, he or she are, is gassed because they popping them out over there at the star. I don't know if it's in the water, but shout out to my boy Cal Yeoman who works for the Cowboys. He's expecting the baby. It's in the water. It's, it's in the water. I'm, I'm keeping my, I, I bring my own water. I, I bring my own water and my own, and my own unfiltered cup. So nothing can't get in there. And I wear a mask in the building. Don't need those fumes getting on me. Uh, but congratulations to Dak and that team. Boy, it's going to be a lot of babies running around there in uh, this offseason. Next year, next year when y'all go to, when y'all go to Oxnard, just look on the sideline when they have family day. It's going to be 15 babies out there that all happening this year. The Cowboys better hope they have some legs because they, they have a lot of sex. I know sex, sometimes they say wear your legs out. So they better save their legs for January. They humping around in, in, in them Cowboy streets. Um, as we move along, I'm going to keep – you know what's taking my, my segment from my Dion segment that I, I had throughout the year, my Colorado Dion segment, my Deron Bland segment. I am not going to stop talking about Deron Bland being the Defensive Player of the Year award until they either he wins it or someone else does. Then I have to stop. 
But even then, I probably won't stop. But Deron Bland, that needs to be Jerry, the media department. There needs to be more conversation being had nationally, locally, nationally, internationally, worldwide. Deron Bland, what he, I don't know why we're treating this. What, what was my saying the other day? Uh, don't don't confuse regular. What did I say? I'll, I'll, I'll look. I wrote it down. If you're not if you're not careful, you will start to think it's routine. Don't take special for granted. We are taking special for granted. We are taking special for what Deron Bland is doing. I gave you guys the numbers last week. In where's it at? Here we go. In in fourteen seasons, primetime Deion Sanders only had nine pick sixes. In 11 NFL seasons, Darrell Rivas had three pick sixes. In 18 NFL seasons, Charles Woodson had 11 pick sixes. In 12 NFL seasons, Ed Reed had seven pick sixes. Ladies and gentlemen, Deron Bland in 11 games, nine of which he started. The other two, he was a reserve. He has five. He has five interceptions. It took Deion Sanders. 14 years to get nine. My boy has done it in nine games as a starter. 11 games total. He has five interceptions, and he has six games to go. I, I don't want to get too hyped, but, but he has six games left to go, and he has five. Jokers have played their entire NFL career, 10-plus years. Darrell Reeves don't have five in his career. Played 11 seasons. 11 seasons. I believe he was the defensive player. Was the Rowdy was the defensive player the year before? If he wasn't, he was Revis Island. He was regarded as the best DB in, DB in the league. Ed Reed, seven. Like, think about This is not normal. We are treating this with, we are treating this as if it's not special. This needs to be on the A block of so many conversations. Seven interceptions this year. Second. He was second. He was in the conversation. Deron Bland, like, I know that Micah is the face of the defense and he gets all the pub. pub. And, and this is, I, I'm going to be honest with you, you want to talk about, you want to talk about uh, 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 prejudice? <laughs> when I hear prejudice, I think about Jim, what Jim Mercy said. Jim Mercy said he's being... <laughs> Never mind. We'll get Jim Mercer. But we talk about prejudice. Like, I think Deron Bland is a victim of draft prejudice. I think Deron Bland is a victim of draft round prejudice. If Deron Bland was a first round pick, if Deron Bland was a second round pick, how I believe if Deron Bland was a third-round pick and there was much hype around him and there was much uh, 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 um, fanfare around him, I think it would be no doubt that he would be in that conversation. I think because of where Deron Bland went in the draft, that there's a little bit of, eh, well, we didn't study him that much. We didn't put a lot of time, energy, and effort into him. Nationally, most people don't know about him. His play, his 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 tops rookie card isn't one that's a bestseller. He doesn't do well in jerseys because he's not a first round pick. I think Deron Bland is dealing with draft round prejudice. I do. I think if he was a first round pick, if he was if he was a Sauce Gardner. If he was a, a, a Stingley Jr., if he was a J.C. Horn, if he was a, if he was a, uh, a Patrick Sertan, if, if he was a Joey Porter Jr., if he was of that elk, I think he would be talked about more. But I, I, am, I am, and this is a, not a Jesse pat on the back because of what I said early in the year that I, you know, yeah, I said it. I said that Deron Bland would be who he is. But boy, this ain't this is not normal. This is not regular what we're seeing. It's actually not, it's it's history. He will have a place 
in Canton. I'm not saying he's going to get a gold jacket. I'm saying that in the history of the National Football League, I just named off a couple names to you earlier that guys who, who, who Dion talked about being in a separate wing. I agree. Dion's in a separate wing. Revis is in a separate. I think those guys go in that wing. None of them has done this. None of them. There's only one person that stands in the history, the pantheon of history of the National Football League as a defensive back that has five interceptions returned for a touchdown. One. His name is Deron Bland. Coming into the weekend, only 13 NFL wide receivers have more touchdowns than Deron Bland. 13. 13, ladies and gentlemen. There's a there there's a there's a hemothy at their wide receiver position on every NFL team. There's a number one wide receiver on every NFL team. So that means there's 32 of them. 13 coming in to the weekend have more receiving touchdowns than Deron Bland. That's not regular. I wish we stopped treating this like it's right. And this is not me on the homer tip because I'm not a homer. I'm not. But this is not regular. This needs to be celebrated at a different level with a different type of energy. This is a block level. This is, this is, this is, he's in the conversation. Sorry, Micah. Sorry. I, I think your generational talent, I think that one day you'll win it. But at this juncture right now, unless you get 22, 23 ta- uh, sacks and you break the sack record, your teammates made history. And I think when you talk about making history at this level for what he's done, no other player has ever done this. Come on now, y'all. Come on. Deron Bland, Defensive Player of the Year. I, I, w- I wish if I, I wish I was a gambling man and that when I made that proclamation when Trayvon Diggs went out that everything would be just fine with Deron Bland, I wish I would have went on down to Choctaw or, or, or what's the other one? Windstar. Can you place bets there? Not football bets, huh? I don't know. I wish I would call somebody, a bookie, and placed a hundred bucks on Deron Bland winning Defensive Player of the Year award. I don't know what that return would have been, but I'm sure my money would have been tripled, quadrupled. I believe that Deron Bland, and he has six games left, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Allen will definitely throw him an interception, even if he finished the year with only five. If he finished with 10 interceptions, and I gave you guys the stats, the year that Stephon Gilmore won the Defensive Player of the Year award, Stephon Gilmore, through the season, season, had 53 tackles, 20 pass breakups, six interceptions, two pick sixes. Through 11 games, 48 total tackles, 36 solo, 13 pass breakups, seven interceptions, five touchdowns. He's already, he's already kind of outplayed what Stephon Gilmore did when he won it in 2019. You know, right now the odds are pretty, pretty good. A hundred dollars plays six thousand. A hundred dollars plays six thousand. I was a gambling man. Before the season, hundred made to pay fifty, something like that. Fifty thousand, right? I'm trying to find. The yeah, it's, it's probably would have been. I, I mean, there probably wasn't an odds for him in preseason. He wasn't even a starter, so I know there wasn't an odds. There weren't odds. I should have just made the bet. Can you do that? I don't know. I don't, I'm not a gambler. I don't know. I don't know what you can do with the gambling and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'll just be saying stuff. But Deron Bland, man, is Defensive Player of the Year for me. I don't know. Updated, updated from Thursday. He's now plus 1,200, so 100 would pay 1,200. That was six days ago. So before the Thanksgiving, before we broke the record, it was 6,000. Now it's 1,200. Still not a bad, still not a bad return on 100 bucks. Yeah. Twelve hundred on on hundred bucks, not a bad return, not a bad return. So Micah and TJ Water only added him now. He's third. Now. He's third. So he's third. I'm more like yeah. He gets another pick six, man. Whew. Bye bye. See you later. All right. Around the sports world, there's been some firings in the NFL. Hot seats are getting hotter. The Panthers fire head coach Frank Reich after just eleven games. They brought in Frank White, uh, Frank Wright last year. He's a guy who's supposed to be quote unquote um, an offensive guy, quarterback whisperer. 
They figured we have the we have the number one pick. Let's figure this thing out. Let's get a coach in here who's going to be able to have this kid come in. They chose the smallest quarterback in NFL history, Bryce Young. And boy, has it been bad. It has been putrid. They have set Bryce Young up for absolute failure or a serious injury. The hits that he's been taking, the beating that he's been a part of. Finally, uh, Tepper has come in. And this is this is this is my. I'm not a billionaire, so I probably shouldn't even be in this conversation, or telling people what they should and should not buy. But sometimes businessmen, who are billionaires, they buy these teams, and all of a sudden they try to teach these teams like they do their business, right? There's 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 they want instant gratification, they want instant wins, they want instant turnaround, they want all that stuff to happen right now. When Tepper came in, uh, Matt Rule was the coach. They fired Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes came in. He was 6-6 six and six over his time there. Instead of keeping Steve Wilkes, who had, had a good locker room, a good rapport, said, nope. They went out, they hired Frank Wright, and in 11 games, 11 games, they said, we're good. We're good. Now, you don't have a head coach. Now, I'm not here to say that Frank Reich was the answer or wasn't the answer. I'm just saying, if you can take anything from the Detroit Lions, take the fact that they'll allow the coach to come in and work. You were, you were the number one pick in the draft. You, you thought you was going to go 17-18-0 this year? Like I, 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 Again, I'm not saying that Frank was the answer. I'm saying is now is as front office and ownership, you don't know what the answer is. And this is going to be, I know that people are dying to get NFL head coaching jobs, but, but you may see this job go to someone who, who might be the, 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 the least of the candidates that they choose from. And, and here's why. You already, have a, you already have a meddling owner. You already have an owner who won't stay out of the business. And I, and I know they're saying that, Jesse, if you, if you were an owner or a billionaire, you can't tell him what to do. I get it. But if you're going to hire people to run the system, let them run it. Because even with the pick of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, reports are saying that they wanted Bryce. They wanted C.J. Stroud. But the owner came in and he put his two cents in there, and it ended up with Bryce Young. Sidebar: The Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud and the success of C.J. Stroud, in my personal opinion, put so much pressure on the Panthers. When you looked in Houston and you saw the ascension of C.J. Stroud and the conversation began of him being in the MVP conversation or, or him taking the team that no one thought was going to be able to do anything and now they're kind of the, they're the talk of the town a little bit. They lost this past weekend, but C.J. Stroud was still a baller in that game. And you go back and you look and you go, they were supposed to be saying that about my quarterback. My team was supposed to kind of have this turnaround. So as a billionaire owner, you're sitting back and you're just frustrated because no one's talking about your team. No one's talking about your quarterback. In fact, everyone's kind of even pointing the finger and laughing at you. Like, ha ha, you picked the wrong quarterback. You had the wrong coach. Your team is 1-11. The team who had the number two overall pick, they're doing pretty good. I'm not saying that they're world beaters. I'm saying that they look better. They're more exciting than you guys are. They're, they're, they're more thrilling than you guys are. Uh, their quarterback is better than your quarterback. So unintentionally, the Houston Texans put so much pressure, so much pressure on the Panthers. And now Tepper's going to have to come in and try to find some candidates to coach this team. And what's bad is they have no first-round picks. First-round picks are gone. They also have a bad offensive line. Your quarterback, I don't know what he is. He ain't good right now. And now you have to have this young kid come in in this offseason and do what? Learn another offense. So that'll be two head coaches, 
two offensive coordinators, two offenses that he had to learn in back-to-back years. If you're talking about helping the development of a player, they basically have to start from scratch. So next year, you might be repeating a 1-11-plus season. Because now you 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 don't have you don't have the capital and this is not this is not like business, Mr. Tepper. You just can't go buy what you want in the league. So now you have to have Bryce Young and company learn a whole new system. You have to build a whole new culture. Now I'm not saying that it can't be changed. I mean we've seen it we've seen it happen. We've seen you know look at Houston. It's a prime example. Like I said, they put pressure on the Panthers. But if, but but you just made it even more difficult. For everybody. For everybody. But if I was you, Mr. Tepper, I, I would get on the phone. I'd make a fo- couple for, couple phone calls. First, I would call Washington, and I would make Eric Bieniemy tell me no. Eric Bieniemy would have to tell me no. I think it's time for Eric Bieniemy to get a head coaching job. He would have to tell me no. And if he told me no, the next phone call I would make to Detroit. I'm going to see what Ben Johnson doing. I'm going to see if Ben wants to come be a head coach of a football franchise. He's an offensive mind. You see what he's done with, with Jared Goff and, and, and how they've been able to be very productive in Detroit. And I'll see if I can't make that work. Because right now, any coach that has a little bit of knowledge of being a head coach in this league looks at this roster, looks that you don't have any first-round picks, Looks like I have a quarterback that's potentially bad. And then I begin to hear the rumors that the, that the owner of the team is a meddling owner, that he won't just let me do my job. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I, might be, I might be out. I might be out. And not only do you owe Frank Wright 40-something million dollars, you're still paying Matt Rule. You owe Matt Rule $30 million. So that's 70, that's 70 M's that you owe two coaches who don't even coach for you anymore. So at the end of this deal, you're going you're gonna to be $100 million in the, in, in, in the hole with three, with three separate head coaches, two who don't work for you anymore. Sometimes, man, sometimes front office, person, front office and owners can get in the way of good football organizations. And, and for the Panthers, this, this now... Nah, I know people are going to say, well, what about what they had before? I get it. And, and, and Richardson, Richards, whatever his name was. But, boy, it's a bad all the way around for the Panthers. Bad all the way around for the Panthers. Um, and, and kind of relatively news that kind of keeps us tied in, the Eagles won't lose. They won't die. They just won't die. Ten and one. On the season, 10-1, 11-1 on the season, they just keep finding a way to win. And I've had this argument with a lot of folks on the internet, off the internet, in the barbershop, all over the place. And some people will say, oh, they're lucky. They're lucky. And I, I, I don't quite buy that luck theory. I don't. And I don't, people will say, oh, it's not sustainable. I'm like, how do you know what's sustainable? Like, I, I don't, I don't mean, like, think, like, let's take, for example, they win the Buffalo game last night, and I'm not, don't, please don't go in the comments and tell me anything about refereeing. Don't do it. But people will say, well, if, if Josh Allen doesn't throw the ball off target to Gabe Davis, they win the game. And my response to that is, why did he throw the ball off target? It wasn't like he was just standing there. It wasn't like he didn't have any pressure. So for every action, there's a reaction. He threw the ball off target to an open Gabe Davis because he had pressure. <laughs> they did their part. Like, like, they did their part. They made Josh Allen have to hurry up. He had to go quicker than what he was supposed to. So, like, when people say it's luck, I go, well, actually, <laughs> if he had time, he would have he hit the target. But he didn't, because they were coming. They they were they were they were on his tail. And I and I wrote down this quote. It says some people, I call it luck. Successful people just don't. It's where opportunity meets preparation. 
Like, the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles continue to be in these games, they're doing something right. They have a, a never-die spirit. They continue to make the plays when they need to make the plays. They hit a 60-yard field goal in driving rain with bad footing to tie the game, to send it into overtime. And then all they did was make play after play after play after play after play in overtime to win the game, offensively and defensively. They held Buffalo to three, and they marched down. Jalen Hurts runs in for a touchdown. Like, that's not luck, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. This team refuses to die, and that's why they're the best team in the league right now. And I don't know who beats them. Maybe the Niners beat them. Maybe they don't. It seems as if you don't, if you don't blow, if you don't blow this team out, they find a way to win. If you keep this game a one-score game, two-score game, heading into the second half, you, 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 you might lose. They just have a never-die spirit. And that's impressive to me. That, that's honorable, that's admirable that this team can go out there and do that. So I, I got to give love to Philly because of, of, of what they're able to do. But we'll see. They got a big matchup this week against the Niners. All right, let's head over to college football. Man, we got some things happening in college football. It's, it's, um, it's cooking over there. Jimbo Fisher out. Texas A&M, I believe, probably had the hottest job on the market, right? Texas A&M got the most money. I, they printing money. In College Station. They are printing money. The oil must be good. And the oil must be hitting down there in College Station. Because they just, they, 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 they got money. They got money down there. They go back and get a familiar face. First, there were reports that, that Mike Stoops, head coach at Kentucky, was supposed to be the head coach that he accepted the position. And boy, did that go, that, that went in one ear and out the other quick. When that, those reports begin to came out, come out, they shut that down. I don't know if they were kind of like doing fillers. Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops, excuse me, Mark Stoops. I don't, I don't know if they were kind of like doing some, let's just throw this name out and see how the people react. It wasn't a good reaction. And they snatched that bang back. And then they went to an old familiar foe, a familiar face, someone who's very, very, um, know the landscape of Texas A&M. And I guess in this case, you want to kind of get somebody familiar because they can't afford another, they, they can't afford another buyout. Maybe they can. They say they got money down there. But they go and they hire a familiar face. He leaves Duke and they go get Mike Elko. Mike Elko used to be the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M before he took the, the job at Duke, and he did a really good job at Duke. Like, he made Duke uh, into a formidable opponent. Like, Duke wasn't just a cakewalk anymore. You had to kind of play them a little bit. Duke, Duke, I mean, they didn't beat us. But they uh, they, they did well. So A&M has their job open up, but there's a lot of – I want to take you guys through some of the, some of the job openings that, are, that is happening across college football. San Diego State, Brady Hoke retired. That job's open. Uh, Boise State, they fired their head coach, Andy Avilos. New Mexico fired Danny Gonzalez. So you got three jobs that have opened up in, what's that, the Mountain West? In the Mountain West. Let's go to the SEC. Texas A&M was open. It's now closed. They hired uh, Mike El Elko. Mississippi State had a job opening. They fired Zach Arnett. They hired Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby. Pac-12 got some jobs opening. Oregon State, and it may be more. Oregon may open up if Dan Lennon decides to go somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe some more jobs may open up. Maybe the Ohio State job opens up. I don't know. But Oregon State, their head coach, Jeff Jonathan Smith, left for the Michigan State job. ACC got some job openings. Syracuse filed Dino Babers. And now Duke had the job opening because Mike Elko left for Texas A&M. Big Ten got some job openings. 
Indiana fired Tom Allen. He's out. I don't know if that Ohio State job may open up. Maybe Michigan may open up. How about my side to go to the league? There's been talks about Harborough going to the league. Maybe Dan Lennon takes one of those jobs if they open up, leaves Oregon. Maybe not. We don't know. Big 12 got some jobs opening up. Houston, they fired Dana Hogelson. He's out of there. And then the Sun Belt, ULM, what is that? University of Louisiana Monroe? Yeah. They fired their head coach, Terry Bowden. And we have Conference USA. The UTEP job has opened up. So there's a bunch of jobs that has opened up all across the landscape. I found the new gig. When I leave from hosting Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, going to be a head coach. I know. I've said time and time again that coaching is not for me. I'm not coaching. But, hey, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. because we, And this is the funny thing is, in the NCAA, we hear that there's not enough money. There's not much, that's not enough money, Tay. We can't afford to pay players. We can't afford to do this. We can't afford to do that. But, boy, they find money to pay the coaches they fired. I mean, you look across the board. He owes $20 million. He's owed $30 million. He's owed $40 million. These coaches are getting fired, and they have these buyouts that are astronomical. If the place, if the, if, if 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 the opportunity comes for, I don't I don't I don't the Ohio State situation is a little bit. Eh. Ryan Day three years in a row lost to Michigan. If they decide to get rid of Ryan Day at the Ohio State University, they owe him forty six million dollars. Forty six M's to go away. They're paying these coaches to go away. And Ryan Day, the only kind of blip that he's had on his schedule is that he can't beat Michigan. I mean, I know, I know Michigan. I know, I know that's a big game. Please, Ohio State fans, do not come for me. I get it. But 46 M's? That's crazy. So that's my new gig. Uh, I'm going to start the paperwork. They'll get me. I'm starting to wide receiver coach, build myself up uh, in a couple years, get to that head coaching spot, and then this be terrible. Like, be bad. Be bad, have a contract worth $30 million, get fired, then I'll come back and host Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, $30 million richer because they'll have to pay me that money. That's the new gig. It used to be credit card scam. It used to be the PP loan scam that everybody was doing during COVID. Head coaching, NFL or, 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 or college. Go be a head coach. That is the new jig, the new gig, jig, whatever it's called. That's the new scam right there. Go be a head coach. Be, be Like, I've never seen so many people fail up. Douglas is failing up. They, they getting fired and getting the bag. <laughs> get fired and get the buyout. That is the new hustle. So, if you guys don't see me anymore, no, I'm focusing on my new hustle. I'm going to be a wide receivers coach. I'm going to be a head coach in about four years. Then I'm going to get fired. And I'll be back. So I'll be back in about six years, but I'll be $30 million richer. Our boy Dion. I think the season was a success. Even though they only won four games, I think overall what he did at Colorado was a success. But boy, are people starting to flee. People are out of there. Coaching is out of there. Tim Brewster who's a Titans coach and probably one of the best recruiters. Tim is probably a top five recruiter in the country. He's resigned at Colorado. He's no longer there. I can see in the upcoming future that they're probably losing their offensive coordinator. Either one of them, who they switched out earlier in the year, they'll probably lose their offensive coordinator. But they're losing recruits too. As of today, this may change even more tomorrow. As of today, they had a four-star quarterback named Antoine Hill Jr. from Georgia, decommitted. They had a three-star quarterback named Danny O'Neill from, from Indiana, decommitted. They had 2020, 2020, a 2025 running back, Jamaris Wilder from Florida, decommitted. 
and one of their tight ends are entering the transfer portal. Now, I don't know what that means for Colorado. And maybe, maybe Dion told them like he told some other folks. Hey, you know what? This might not be the place for you. I don't know what the conversation is. But when you start losing four, three, four, and five-star players, that ain't good for your program. Now, I know Dion was number one in the country last year in the transfer portal. And from report, the reports that I've been reading, they said the transfer portal is about to be insane. Not just cats that you don't know, like cats that you do know. Big-time players from big-time programs are getting ready to hit the portal in droves, like by the bunches. So maybe Dion gets in there and grabs some guys up out of there. He knows that he has to do some things with the offense, defensive line. But losing recruits may not be a good look. I don't know. I don't know. But Dion's lost a lot of players in the, in the time being. And maybe it's just because, I mean, everybody loses players, right? Everybody decommits from guys and all that kind of stuff. These kids. I saw a kid the other day. This was the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. I saw a kid the other day, and I, he's a kid, so I won't put him on blast, but I saw a kid the other day that posted on Twitter, literally with a tweet said, that I am still committed to the school that he said he committed to, but my recruiting is 100% open and I'll be taking visits. I'm, 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 my recruitment is 100% open and I'm taking visits, but I'm still committed to the school I committed to. One of the most asinine things I've ever seen in my life. My recruitment is 100% open and I'm taking visits, but I'm still committed. And then he did the shake hand emoji. Like, we still good. Don't know how that works, but that is college football in a nutshell. I'm 100%. My recruitment is 100% open. I'm still taking visits. But I'm still committed to the school I said I was committed to. Don't get it. Don't understand it. But we shall see and sit back and watch as these jobs get filled and these players bounce around. The Wild Wild West, this is your fault, NCAA. You could have put a control on this a long time ago, but you did nothing. You were greedy, and now the floodgates are open, and you cannot close them back. The portals are open, and now college basketball, college football, college sports in general will be the wild, wild, wild west. All right, we'll finish up in the National Basketball Association. Draymond Green, soon to return from his five-game suspension. He spoke for the first time after practice about the incident. For those of you who don't know, Draymond was suspended five games. There was a little bit of, there was a little bit of a uh, an altercation uh, during the game. Draymond Green choked out. <laughs> Draymond Green choked out Rudy Gobert. They weren't the ones that had anything to do with Jaden McDaniels and Klay Thomas got into a little kerfuffle. And Rudy Gobert ran over there to kind of get in between. And when you go back and you watch it, like Draymond Green like had a had a locked in on Rudy Gobert. Ran over to Rudy Gobert. Oh, put him in the put him in the uh what do they call this? The yoke. We call it the yoke. Put him in the yoke. Uh, it was UFC, it was UC, UFC good. It was quick too. It was quick. It was quick. But Draymond, when asked about did he have any regrets? for the action that landed him a five-game suspension in Draymond Green fashion. I don't live my life with regrets, Green said after practice. This is the first time he spoke to reporters since the suspension. Draymond began to continue to say, I'll come to a teammate's defense any time that I am in the position to come to a teammate's defense. What matters to me is, that, is how the people that I care about feel, first and foremost. How are the people that I care about affected? How are the people I care about, what do they have to deal with? That's it for me. And that got me to thinking a little bit. Because I, I do agree that Draymond and Clay they have a long-standing relationship. They won chips together. 
You know, Draymond has to protect the light-skinned brothers. No, I'm playing. I'm playing light-skinned people. Don't, don't, don't come at me like brights. But I get it. Draymond comes from a class of old school. Comes from that era. And it got me to thinking. Do we still have the era? Not the era, because we don't have that era anymore. But do we still have the enforcers? I look at Draymond Green. He's an enforcer. You let something, ha- you let something go down with Clay, he on it. You let something go down with Steph, he's definitely on it. Do we have the day? I remember growing up, and then you learned about, like, uh, Charles Oakley being the enforcer for Michael Jordan, right? On and, off the, on and off the court. Charles and Mike became tight like that because if anybody messed with Mike, and, and still to this day, Charles Oakley still be ready to smack jokers up. Huh? Knicks. The Knicks? Yeah, everywhere he went, he was an enforcer I with the Knicks. Vince the, Vince Carter. I mean, he was the like the level of the enforcers. You had guys like Robert Parrish back in the day that was like the enforcer for Larry Bird. I mean, they're, they're like the, the times of the enforcers were real. I think about like Tyson Chandler coming to Dallas and kind of being the, the, the muscle for Dirk. Dirk wasn't a tough guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't a tough guy. He probably had some relatives. That was tough guys, but he wasn't a tough guy. They brought in a guy like Tyson Chandler, who, who, who was the muscle. So are the days of enforcers gone? I think about Marcus Smart a little bit. Marcus Smart has taken a lot of fines for a lot of people during his time in Boston. He was one of those guys that was enforcer. I think about uh, my guy with the Miami Heat. Um, UD. UD, Udonis Haslam. Was he, he was an enforcer. He was a guy on and off the field, right? Udonis was, was in the hood. They got some chains snatched from Miami Heat players. UD went and got them back. Same thing. So it is the day and time of the enforcer, and I, I'm not mad at Draymond Green. You got to do what you got. I think that's his role. You have to find value. When your skills begin to diminish, what's your value to the team? I think Draymond does a great job defensively, being able to keep everybody in line. But also, you need that enforcer. Rudy Gay wish he had an enforcer. He wouldn't have got choked out. I think about some of the young superstars in this league. Does John Morant have an enforcer? Well, John Morant carried a blicky. So John Morant, no, John Morant, John Morant don't need no enforcer on this team. But I even think, I think Dylan Brooks was kind of his enforcer, right? Like Dylan Brooks was the was the, you know, I, I think about the days of like Rajah Bell and Matt Barnes and Bruce Bowen. Like those guys who were the enforcers for the for the stars of the team. Maybe the more lighthearted guys of the team that had that needed enforcers. I, I don't I don't maybe those, maybe those days are dead. Maybe I'm kind of getting long in the tooth and they don't have those guys um, anymore. But I think Draymond's probably one of the last of the true enforcers that are left um, that are left in this league. I, I'm gonna end on this because I, I I like to bring light to things that should be talked about more, and maybe we we tap into a fan base that we haven't really tapped into. The Orlando Magics. The young Orlando... See, you looking at me with the face like, what, what are you doing, Jess? No. The Orlando Magic, 12-5 and five this year. A young team that, that is playing some really good basketball. Jamal Mosley, young coach. Think about this. The Orlando Magics, right? Coming into this season, the Orlando... I wrote this down. The Orlando Magic... Their average age on their roster, 11 players on their roster, 24 years old. The average years of experience, three on their roster. They're 12 and five. They're on a seven game winning streak, and they have wins over the Nuggets, the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Celtics. This is a team, a lot of young talent. They have one of the best defensive ratings in the NBA. They're also limiting opponents to less than 100 points in six of their 17 games. They're young. 
They're inexperienced. They're athletic, led by Paulo Banquero, their first-round pick and rookie of the year last year. I mean, this team, this team has put some things together. Put the Orlando Magics on your radar, and they're playing in the uh, in the East. I think if there's any if there's any conference that you can kind of gain a little bit of leverage is the East. You know, Boston's probably at the top, followed by Milwaukee, or however you want to do that one-two with those teams. But after that, Philly's in there somewhere. But Orlando can find themselves in the mix. A young group, talked about it earlier, you know, getting some, getting some veteran dudes on that team, maybe an enforcer here and there, maybe a young guy, or maybe an older guy that can help with that nucleus. But keep your eye out for the Orlando Magics. I don't know if this is going to last long, but right now this team feels like it's, it's one of those Young teams that like kind of like how Sacramento was a couple years ago, even last year. They're young, they're building experience, they're starting to believe in one another, they're starting to trust the system. It's starting on the defensive end because nobody wants to play defense like that, especially young players. All they want to do is, yo, I can score. Let me go score. Let me go score 160 points. But it starts on the defensive end for a young group, and then they then the offense begins to come. So they're learning how to play basketball, but keep your eye out. Orlando Magic fans, I don't know how many of you are out there. I don't know if there's a large contingency of you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But but right now, you have a product that's that that I'm about to start watching. You get you 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 you've got my attention. You got me curious. You 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 piqued my curiosity. Now you have my attention. So I'm going to see what y'all going to do, Orlando. But right now, if you're looking for a team that, that, that's outside of the normal Boston, Milwaukee, Suns, Lakers, Nuggets, check out the Orlando, the young Orlando Magic. They're, 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 they, they might be, now I might look back on this in a couple months and they'll be like, wow, Orlando's number one in the East. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I might break my damn shoulder. But I'm just saying right now, don't. Don't miss an opportunity to let the magic out. All right, that's all I got, man. Uh, I appreciate you all, man. Thank you so much for being here with me. You know what you have to do. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are outside. We are doing the very best that we can, man. And remember, write, down, write that thing down. I am grateful for dot, 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 dot. Write it down. Put it on your screensaver. Put it in your notes. Put it as a daily reminder to yourself. So that you don't get caught up in the fog of just, ah, you have something to be grateful for, man. I am grateful for you all watching and listening. Thank you so much, man. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it is your life. I am grateful for you. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.